You are listening to a podcast of Risen Savior Lutheran Church in Chula Vista, California. Growing in faith, living in hope, serving in love, all to the glory of God. We hear now the gospel lesson for this week recorded in John chapter 20. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands inside. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Jesus, the Son of God, God is omniscient. That means he knows all things. That means that he knows all of our needs just as he knew the disciples' needs. And three times in our text, Jesus says to his disciples, peace be with you. So very clearly, what was it the disciples needed? What was it Jesus gave to them? What is it you need? What is it Jesus gives to you? Now you already probably know the answer I'm going to give today as you maybe read about our sermon series already in last week's bulletin. Our life is not empty because it is filled with Peace. Peace is what we need. Peace is what Jesus gives to us. And our life is not empty because of it. But what is peace? Let me list for you some of the synonyms for peace, okay? Harmony, security, tranquility, safety, stability. 
But maybe what is even more helpful in defining peace is looking not at the synonyms of it, but looking at some of the antonyms of peace. And I'll give you a list of those too. Rage, war, danger, trouble, anxiety, turmoil, conflict, doubt. Peace is the absence of all those antonyms. Peace is the absence of rage, war, danger, trouble, anxiety, conflict, and doubt. It's the absence of all of those. Today, let's focus on how peace is the absence of doubt because we're talking about Thomas today, right? And, And when we think of Thomas, we automatically think of doubting Thomas. Really, it's too bad, isn't it, that that's what he's known for? Doubting Thomas? There are documents that say not long after Pentecost, Thomas went all the way to India to preach the gospel. So sure, he may have been doubting Thomas, but it didn't last very long, did it? And still, that's what he's remembered as. Why is that? I mean, I know why even Jesus referred to him as one who doubted, and yet Peter isn't known as denying Peter. Bartholomew is not known as afraid Bartholomew. And yet Thomas is known as doubting Thomas, which is too bad because really he's not that much different than the rest of the disciples. Like Thomas, it was only after the other disciples had seen Jesus, seen his hands and his side, that they were overjoyed. In other words, Jesus gave the other disciples visual proof and then they were overjoyed in the same way Jesus gave Thomas visual proof and then he was filled with comfort and peace. It's really not that much difference, is there? I suppose the only difference is the other disciples did not say... I will not believe it unless I see it. But maybe they would have been saying that if they had to wait an entire week before they saw the resurrected Lord. Really, that's the only difference between the other disciples and Thomas. It's it's a time issue. The other disciples were overjoyed after they saw Jesus on Easter evening. Thomas was filled with peace and joy a week later after he saw the risen Lord. What a week that must have been for Thomas. Have you been looking for even longer? For peace? It's a miserable feeling, isn't it? Maybe our search for peace has has gone much longer than a week. Maybe you, like Thomas, maybe we, like Thomas, are looking for just a little more proof before our lives can finally be full of peace. Ah, proof. Proof. It's another reason I feel bad that Thomas is known as Doubting Thomas, because he's not the only one who asks for more proof. Remember a guy named Moses? Yeah, that Moses. Moses. The, the famous and faithful leader of God's people. The Lord said that he would be with them and, and guide them, be their leader. And Moses said, show me. Show me proof. Show me your presence and your glory. 
And the Lord did. Moses saw the glory of God, at least a glimpse of it. In other words, God not only gave Moses his word, he also gave him visual proof. No, Thomas is not the only one who asked for proof. A little lesser-known example, but one I want to share with you today, is that of Judge Gideon. Just listen how this played out. Gideon said to God, If you will save Israel by my hand, as you've promised, look, I will place a wool fleece on the threshing floor. If there is dew only on the fleece and all the ground is dry, then I will know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said. And that is what happened. Gideon rose early the next day. He squeezed the fleece and wrung out the dew, a bowl full of water. Then Gideon said to God, Do not be angry with me. Let me make just one more request. Allow me one more test with the fleece. This time make the fleece dry and the ground covered with dew. That night God did so. Only the fleece was dry. All the ground was covered with dew. In other words, even though God gave Gideon his word, Gideon said, show me. Twice. And God did. Twice. Thomas isn't the only one who looked for more proof. So you looking for more proof before your life can really be filled with peace? Of course, we know what the critics say. They say, Christianity isn't built on proof. It's built on blind faith. But that isn't entirely true either, is it? Because there is proof. There is evidence. One of the books I read this week read, Christianity is a religion of historical facts as capable of verification as any other historical facts of similar antiquity. Christianity is intellectually defensible. Of course, Luther taught correctly from Scripture that we cannot by our own thinking or choosing believe in Jesus Christ, our Lord, or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called us by the gospel. Now, there's no disputing that. But that doesn't mean that there isn't also proof. That doesn't mean that there isn't also evidence. Look at what we have before our very eyes today, the written word of God. All the world has wanted to do with the written word of God is get rid of it. And all the written word of God the Bible has become is the world's best-selling book in history. Much of it recorded by those who literally were eyewitnesses of Jesus after he rose from the dead. In many courtrooms, all you need are three witnesses to establish a fact. There are literally hundreds of eyewitnesses of Jesus crucified and risen. And these words were told, these, this evidence has been placed down there so that we may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing we may have life in his name. So if you're looking for more proof, well, then we just need to be spending more time digging in and around these holy scriptures, these words of life, these words of peace. Because Jesus' resurrection isn't the only fact for which there is evidence. 
There's proof in the very hands when we hold the Bible. Now, going back to Thomas for a second, though, it really is too bad that he was not with his fellow disciples on Easter evening when Jesus appeared to them. Makes you wonder, where was Thomas? But you think about that. He missed out on an additional week of peace. For 2,000 years now, he has been remembered as doubting Thomas. And why? Simply because he was not in that room on that evening when Jesus appeared. I don't know if that was a a habit or a a regular thing for Thomas to, to miss out on that. I couldn't help but think about the encouragement we receive in Hebrews 10, verse 25. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. I don't know the exact reason why Thomas was not with his fellow disciples on Easter evening. But what I do know, what we do know, is that Thomas did not see his risen Lord that evening because he was not with his fellow believers that evening. Is that why your life is a little bit empty right now too? Because you're not spending enough time with your fellow believers. It's a possibility. Thomas missed out on one occasion to meet with his fellow believers and look at what he missed out on. Of course, this is something we'll just all have to search our own hearts about to see whether or not we have been spending enough time with each other, to see if we have been spending enough time in in the Word. Because all Jesus wants to do is to give us peace. Three times in these verses, he says, peace be with you. Not just a wish. Jesus wasn't just hoping the disciples had peace. He was handing it to them as he hands it to us again today. Peace is yours. Peace between you and God is yours. Jesus says, here are the nail marks to prove it. Which I always find interesting because at least growing up, I always had in my mind that when we are raised from the dead, our glorified bodies are going to have no marks. No scars from the surgeries. No residual limp from the injury. There are going to be no marks of a sinful life lived in a sinful world. And yet there Jesus is with the marks. Why? Well, clearly those marks remind us of his crucifixion. And crucifixion and resurrection go together. In order for the gospel to truly be the gospel, you have to have both crucifixion and resurrection. We do not preach a dead Savior here. But we do preach a dead and risen Savior. And those marks on his hands are a gracious reminder to us that he died in our place. He died in our place. Now there's there's peace in God's relationship with you. There's peace in our relationship with him. Peace. It's what we're looking for, right? It's what he gives to us. Here it is. Jesus' disciples saw both the marks and the fact that he had risen from the dead. And they were filled with peace and they were filled with joy. 
their lives were no longer empty, and ours are not either. Remember those antonyms for peace I mentioned earlier? As far as God's relationship with us is concerned, those antonyms have been removed. Wrath, gone. Danger, gone. Trouble, gone. Sin, forgiven, gone. Of course, that doesn't mean that the dangers and troubles and problems of this world are gone. It just means that the the dangers and the troubles and the problems between God and us are gone. And that's what matters. Because all that remains now is peace. That's why we need to keep coming back here. Gather together with one another. As is so clear from Thomas... He only missed out once, and he missed out on so much. But we come here not only to to gather around each other as fellow believers, we come here to see our crucified and risen Lord Jesus in word and sacrament. We come here and we are reminded of the great reality, God and sinners reconciled. Life is not empty for any of us because of that peace. God and sinners reconciled. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Risen Savior podcast. For more information about our church, check us out online at risensavior.us.